Hi, and welcome to In Touch with Tennessee, a podcast of the University of Tennessee Institute for Public Service. Joining us today are guests Richard Ponce de Leon with our Tennessee Language Center and Heidi Mariscal with the National Office of Emergency Management to talk about the partnership on the Cultural Cultural Ambassadors for Disasters program. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Heidi, what is the Cultural Ambassadors Program? Well, it's a fairly new program. And what it is, is it was it was born out of some issues that um, we have experienced over the past few years when it comes to disasters and communication. Um, So for the most part, it is a group of volunteer ambassadors uh, who would become uh, ongoing liaisons between the community going through the disaster um, along with all of the government personnel and um, other agencies that would help the community uh, and the hundreds of members of our immigrant new American communities. And what these uh, ambassadors will do is we will educate them and inform them on different disaster preparedness and recovery topics um, so that they can take that information and give it back to their group that they would represent as being an ambassador. Oh, okay. So um, you said it's a fairly new program. When was it formed? Uh, We launched it in... September of 2022, we had our first meeting, um, and we've been going strong ever since. And you mentioned it was, I'm sorry, Richard, did you, were you going to say something? Uh, Yeah, the the catalyst for the creation of the program was actually um, Miss Karen Weaver from the Nashville Mayor's Office. She's the one that started with the idea uh, while she was discussing she was having a conversation with a colleague at the mayor's office, and uh, she mentioned the fact that there was a need for better disaster communications with minority uh, populations. And she was told about the uh, Tennessee Language Center as a possible resource uh, to work on that. And that's how we, we got started, basically. Okay. Neil, and you mentioned, Heidi, some of the... Um disasters, I guess, that Nashville has seen within the last several years. If you could um, maybe talk about a couple of incidents that that happened that um, maybe led to the break in communication with your um, new residents in Nashville. Yeah, so back in 2020 um, and 2021, um, obviously, we had the tornado in north part of Davidson County, Uh, And at the same time, we had COVID um, happen, and there were um, communication issues identified for both of those. Um, But it actually, in more recent than that, in March of 21, um, when we had the flooding around Seven Mile Creek, that's when we realized, because that was an area that was in the main area that was impacted, had a huge um, 
amount of immigrant and refugees and new Americans. Mm. And so that really brought it to perspective on needing to take care of this as soon as possible. Okay. And how many um, ambassadors are involved in your program now? Uh, right now we have approximately 14 and that is fluid fluid because we're always adding new ambassadors. So. Right. Right. And is this um, this Nashville City area, um, the kind of the downtown area, or is it spread throughout Davidson County? No, it would be for all of Nashville and Davidson County. Okay. Okay. So, Richard, you explained how um, the Tennessee Language Center became involved. What uh, exactly is the center's role and, and your role with the program? Uh, yes, yeah, so our role, the role of TLC, is to uh, leverage our cultural and linguistic expertise mm -hmm. so that we can act, um, as Heidi mentioned, as an interface between the Office of Emergency Management and our immigrant, refugee, and new American uh, communities. And this goes beyond translating messages into other languages, although that is a key part. But we also need to um, adapt those messages so that they make sense in a different cultural context. And we can aim them at the right members of uh, the immigrant and refugee and new American households. And we have to take into account cultural practices and taboos, use the right communication tools, and many other things um, for which we have the know-how, let's say, uh, in helping uh, others how to navigate that. And on the flip side, we uh, our goal is to also leverage the cultural expertise of the community and getting them involved in the planning and execution of the program and uh, especially bringing their feedback back to the um, OEM. Uh, community input and participation is key for the success of our program and uh, and that's where we are kind of acting like a, a bridge between the OEM and our immigrant communities and vice versa. Oh, okay. Okay. So is this, um, you know, I know, I know you mentioned translation. Um, is this a printed materials, um, you know, verbally face-to-face -face during the course of the disaster or um, really both? Both are Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, both are involved. And uh, so even before we get to that uh, step, okay. um, we, um, with the help of the OEM, we uh, design a training uh, series so that the ambassadors themselves can give their input on which persons could be contacted, what would be the best way uh, of contacting them, et cetera. So that part of our work is determining what kind of messages we want to uh, disseminate and how. So we could have uh, printed uh, messages that can be placed in uh, community centers, churches, and other areas where our immigrant communities congregate. Mm -hmm. But also social media is uh, very important. 
and uh, leveraging that and the fact that there are uh, different, for instance, there are Facebook uh, websites that provide news to the Hispanic community and to other communities uh, in the area. So with them, we can work also on uh, emergency alerts uh, that are written or also to maybe have uh, videos explaining uh, what a tornado is, what a flood is. I, as I was telling you uh, before our conversation, Susan, I come from a place that the city of Lima, which basically has no seasons. So tornadoes and floods for me are, uh, as an as an immigrant, are uh, brand new. So we try to uh, use many to determine which ways our immigrant, refugee, and new American communities uh, uh, from where they get their information and try to have messages that are uh, that can reach them in an appropriate manner through those different uh, media. Okay. And did you have anything to add to that, Heidi? Um, sure. I mean, this program is amazing, so I can talk forever, but I know yeah. we're on a timeline. Um, but kind of like what what Richard said is that communication is a key part of this program, mm -hmm. but that's not the only part of the program. Um, you know, it, it's we're creating this as a two-way street. Um, we want to get information um, to the ambassadors, um, and these ambassadors, they're trusted persons in their community. So the community, they feel comfortable getting information from those ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And that's how we select and allow these ambassadors because some, some communities don't trust the government. Some communities don't want to hear it from us. They want to hear it from those that they trust within their own, you know, circle. So that's one, that's one part of the program. Um, but the other part of the program is making sure that those ambassadors, when they get information from their community, they have a direct link into the Office of Emergency Management um, and in turn, the Emergency Operations Center, uh, which would be activated or opened up for a disaster or an emergency situation. And they would be able to bring their concerns or issues directly to the Office of Emergency Management. And we would be able to address that through whatever means we need to address it at the time or before or after whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a two-way street, you know, we're, we're, Richard and I are teaching them different things. You know, what's the difference between a tornado watch, tornado warning? Uh, what do the tornado sirens mean if they hear these sirens that in some countries they may sound like, um, you know, uh, bomb sirens or something along those lines. So it's important that they understand these events, these actions, these activities and, and everything else, but also the communication, that's where Richard comes in. He's like, okay, this is how we need to do this. This is how we need to do that. Um, because if you take a message and you play that telephone game, like we all probably did when we were kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, see how the message changes going through different hands. Um, you know, it's going to change. So having that, um, that training and that experience and, and all of that associated with communication is going to be important. Um, because when we put information out a certain way, the point of that message needs to get across to that community. Um, kind of like, okay, we need to evacuate this area for this reason at this time. And this is how we need to do it. 
um, instead of just saying run. Um, so, you know, there's a learning curve on both sides, um, on the cultural community side and the government side. Um, so that's why I'm so excited. It's just, it's a two-way street and, and there's a lot involved with it. All right. Well, yeah, that kind of goes into my next question is how do you see um, this program evolving or, you know, how would you like to grow it? Oh, I, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, for, from my perspective, um, I would love for this to be, you know, have it to a point to where all of the different um, communities out there, they know exactly who to go to to get the information mm -hmm. um, and to get the proper information. And it would be second nature to them. So they know, okay, I need to contact Bob um, because he's getting this information directly from the emergency management office. Um, we want everyone to be able to know that information and to trust those ambassadors that they're getting the information that they need. Um, also for the ambassadors to know, okay, well, if we have this problem, we have this cultural problem going on during this emergency, we want them to be able to trust us to bring that information to us so that we can address it right away. So we want this, like Richard said, bridge the gap um, between all these different cultural communities and the government um, because there should be nothing in the way of disaster preparedness or disaster response. Right. And Richard, what about you? How do you see the, the program growing? Or maybe how do you see, you know, TLC's uh, role in the program growing? Uh, yes. So we have had kind of uh, um, an analysis period where we have had meetings with some people uh, in the community, some representing community organizations, and we have uh, gotten their feedback about um, how we could improve the programs. Like they, they pre we presented a, a draft version, let's say, of what the training program would look like mm -hmm. and uh, what a communications plan for disasters could look like. And we had some meetings and got their feedback. So the next stage will be to um, analyze all of this information and to make the uh, necessary adjustments so that the program is uh, meaningful and uh, provides uh, useful information for the community. And we hope to get more uh, volunteer ambassadors involved and um, this program could become a pilot uh, that could be replicated in other areas of our state. And I think it would be um, ideal uh, to have that kind of um, to have uh, that kind of program, uh, considering the amount of immigrants that we are seeing across the states, not only Middle Tennessee but also in other areas, right. um, uh, to have them or to have other municipal or county governments uh, replicate the program. That's that's a goal that uh, I, I I would I would feel I would feel very satisfied if like there was a a Tennessee wide uh, program to help immigrant communities be prepared and respond to um, disasters. Okay. So you mentioned um, wanting to, you know, maybe um, increase the level of involvement uh, ambassadors, the number of ambassadors. 
how uh, does someone become an ambassador? Well, um, I mean, they can reach out to either Richard or myself um, by email or phone or whatever, and and we can have that conversation with them and get it started. Okay. All right. So far, we basically have been reaching out uh, to people in the community that uh, we know, and they in turn have reached out to more people. So we have been growing kind of uh, by word of mouth, but of course we would like other people that maybe have not heard about us before to reach out to us so that uh, they can become part of this. Okay. Anything else that uh, our listeners might need to know about the Cultural Ambassadors for Disasters program? I don't think so. I, I mean, I I just want to reiterate, I don't know if we, if we talked enough about this in the beginning, but um, Nashville in Middle Tennessee has one of the highest immigration rates in the country, um, with many of our multicultural communities doubling since 2000. Right. Um, and, you know, according to the Nashville's office of the mayor, 12% of the city's population was born outside of the U.S., and nearly half of that entered the country within the last 20 years. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. Metro Nashville Public Schools has identified more than 28,000 students in grades K through 12 who come from homes where English is not the primary language. Um, And in 2020, um, Metro National Public Schools English Language Learning Office counted 140 different languages smoking around the student population. So that right there, I mean, that's, that's, those are some big numbers. Um, And we need to make sure that we address it and that we have all this communication taken care of. Right. And um, on the side of um, TLC in particular, as part of the um, Institute for Public Service, our uh, ultimate goal is to serve all Tennesseans. And now that includes people that might have a limited command of English or no, no English at all and come from a different culture. So I think we're uh, furthering the goal of serving all Tennesseans by uh, starting and taking these first steps uh, to incorporate those populations that uh, have not been well served in the past so that they not only have access to this information, but they also feel like they are part of our state and that they are listened to and they and that they are uh, taken into account and so i believe um, that is what i uh, like the most about um, our program and i again i hope that uh, in other areas um, other policymakers uh, see a little bit of what we're doing and find ways of uh, find other ways of incorporating our um, new American communities. Okay, great. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you very much, Susan. Very uh, interesting to learn about this very important program. And thank you, listeners. Be sure to look for In Touch with Tennessee, where you find your favorite podcasts.